Welcome, Middle-Earth Wanderers, Magovanian. Amazon's Rings of Power has finally premiered with the first two episodes. I hope that you've enjoyed them already, because there's spoilers ahead in this episode. For myself, I was entertained. I'll rate it on a 10-point scale. For context, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings adaptation is a 10 out of 10 for me. The Hobbit movies, on the other hand, are like a 5 out of 10. The first two episodes of Rings of Power, I'm going to put in the middle of the previous two. I'd say it was a 7 out of 10 so far. That said, I'm going to withhold my criticisms until the first season is over. So today I want to provide you some background, lore, and easter eggs that I noticed in the first episode of Rings of Power. Welcome! In the Lore of the Rings podcast, we wander the world of J.R.R. Tolkien by exploring the foundational epic stories from the deep past of Middle-earth. If you enjoyed Tolkien's books, or maybe Peter Jackson's movies, or perhaps you're excited for Amazon Studios' new series, The Rings of Power, and you want to dive deeper into the rich world of Middle-earth, then listen and subscribe. Bagovanian, fellow wanderers. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To start, let's go to the title of the episode, A Shadow of the Past. This title is an almost exact replica to the title of Chapter 2 in The Fellowship of the Ring, which is The Shadow of the Past. This is the chapter where Gandalf returns to the Shire after Bilbo's party, and he explains to Frodo the history of the Rings of Power, and in particular, the One Ring. This chapter also sets up the main conflict for the rest of the Lord of the Rings. Sauron seeks to dominate all Middle-earth, and he wants his ring back to help him conquer all who stand in his way. It's fitting then that this first episode of Rings of Power mirrors that message. Yes, Morgoth was defeated in the First Age, and we'll get to who Morgoth is in a minute. But his lieutenant, Sauron, is still at large. And while he may not yet have a ruling ring, some believe that he will try again to dominate all Middle-earth. The episode opens in Valinor. Now, if you've only seen the movies, you may not be familiar with Valinor. In fact, I don't think it's mentioned at all, except when Aragorn is speaking in Elvish with Galadriel in Lothlorien. Valinor is the land in the far west of the world, and it's special not just because the elves live there, but the powers that govern the Middle-earth, the Valar, dwell there. The Valar are spiritual beings who have taken physical form so that they contend for the world under the creator god Eru Iluvatar. In the ancient past, when the elves had first awoken, the Valar summoned them to come to Valinor. Valinor, or the Undying Lands, is where Frodo and Bilbo sailed to at the end of Return of the King. In Valinor, before the rising of the moon and the sun, the only light source were two trees, Telperion the Silver and Lorelin the Golden. These are the two trees that we see so briefly in Rings of Power. The mingling of the lights of these trees was caught in Galadriel's hair, and it is said that that's what inspired Feanor to create the Silmarils. Whoa, we're going pretty fast here. We'll get to Feanor and the Silmarils more in our lore breakdown of the second Rings of Power episode. 
Regarding the two trees, though, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote in a book called The Silmarillion that concerning their fate, quote, all the tales of the elder days are woven. If you look closely at the dagger that Galadriel claims from her dead brother's hands, the handle is a mix of golden and silver branch-like engravings in representation of the two trees. We've covered these two trees extensively on this podcast. If you want a refresher on their creation, listen to episode 2. And if you want to hear about their destruction, listen to episode 5. And speaking of their destruction, that was primarily Morgoth's doing. In Rings of Power, we see a shadow of Morgoth in the clouds behind the trees as their light is fading. So who is Morgoth? Morgoth is a powerful being of the same origin and nature as the Valar, the powers that govern the world. Except he was the most powerful, cunning, and prideful of all the Valar. In the beginning, his name was Melkor, but after he destroyed the two trees and stole Feanor's Silmarils, Feanor named him Morgoth, the Great Foe. The entire First Age of Middle-earth, and most of the stories in the Silmarillion, are the elves' attempt to war against Morgoth and reclaim the Silmarils. The First Age ended when the Valar intervened on behalf of the elves, and Morgoth was thrown down and thrust into captivity in the void outside the world. However, his evil influence would live on, as Morgoth was a master not only at physical warfare, but psychological warfare. And through lies, deception, and carefully spun half-truths, he is able to wreak havoc, chaos, and destruction throughout Middle-earth. Here's a great line from Tolkien in the Silmarillion, quote, But he that sows lies in the end shall not lack of a harvest, and soon he may rest from toil indeed, while others reap and sow in his stead. For some key episodes about Morgoth, go listen to episodes 1, 5, 24, and 33. So if Morgoth's fall was the end of the First Age, who's the main bad guy in the Second Age of Middle-earth? Morgoth's right-hand man, his go-to guy, his most powerful and trusted servant, Sauron. Sauron is of a class of beings called the Maiar. These are semi-divine beings who serve the Valar. Sauron wasn't evil at first, as Elrond tells us in Fellowship, but he was quickly seduced to the dark by Morgoth. Sauron is featured in many tales, not the least of which is one where Elrond's great-grandmother, Luthien, totally humiliates him in the First Age. For a refresher on that story and other stories about Sauron, check out episodes 21, 22, 36, 38, 40, 41, and 45. Okay, let's jump to the Harfoots. There's a little Easter egg. When Nori is breaking into the old farm, her friend Poppy says there's 110 things that could kill us out here. Nori responds, 111, if you'd count your worrying. 111 is the age that Bilbo celebrated with his big party in the Shire. So, a little bridge between the Harfoots and their distant descendants, the Hobbits. Let's skip ahead to about 24 minutes into the Rings of Power episode 1. We're introduced to Elrond in Linden. Linden is called the Capital of the High Elves. Let's focus on that descriptor for a minute, High Elves. Tolkien painstakingly detailed different factions of the Elves, but at the core there's two divisions. One, the Elves who obey the summons of the Valar, and started on the journey from Middle-earth to Valinor to see the light of the trees. These are the High Elves, sometimes called the Eldar. And two, those Elves who did not obey the Valar and were unwilling to make the journey. Now let's make it a bit more complicated. The High Elves split into three groups along the way, the Vanyar, the Noldor, and the Teleri. And there's even more splinter groups beyond that. But here's what you need to know. The Vanyar went to Valinor and stayed there. The Noldor went to Valinor, saw the light of the trees, and many returned to Middle-earth to war against Morgoth. The High Elves of Middle-earth are the Noldor. The third group, the Teleri, some went all the way to Valinor, some went halfway, and some stayed in Middle-earth entirely. Following this so far? If so, you must have a Palantir in front of you. 
If not, I'll link a handy-dandy chart in the show notes. In the Second Age, King Gilgalad is the High King of the Noldor, or for all intents and purposes in Middle-earth, he is the King of the High Elves in Middle-earth. Galadriel is mostly Noldor, but has family ties to the Vanyar and Teleri, and Elrond is also of the Noldor, but Celeborn, Galadriel's husband, is a Teleri. For a refresher on the Sundering of the Elves, listen to Episode 3. Circling back to Elrond, he is addressed as Harold Elrond. That gives us a clue to his status at the time, as he said in the Council of Elrond in the Fellowship of the Ring that he was the Herald of Gilgalad during the wars against Sauron at the end of the Second Age. But there's another interesting clue in the explanation that is given for Elrond to not go to the next council. To me, the attendant seems to emphasize the word elf when she says elf lords only. Now, maybe I'm hearing things, and this is simply a confirmation of Elrond's status as a lowly herald and not yet a lofty lord, but the emphasis on elf is intriguing to me, because Elrond is half-elven. His father was the man Eärendil, and his mother was the elf Elwing. Elrond and his brother Elros are known as the Peridhil, or half-elven, because they were given a special choice from the Valar. They could choose to inherit the gifts of the elves, including immortality, or the gifts of men, including death. Elrond chose to be an elf, whereas his brother Elros chose to be a man. So, is Elrond's exclusion from the next council a snub against his parentage? Perhaps. I guess we'll see. For more on Elrond and his parents, check out episodes 31 and 49. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When Elrond greets Galadriel in Linden, they talk briefly of Valinor, and Elrond mentions a song that is sung as the elves pass over. Here's a little hint of that from the return of the king when Frodo is sailing into the west. Quote, and the ship went out into the high sea and passed on into the west, until at last, on a night of rain, Frodo smelled a sweet fragrance on the air and heard the sound of singing that came over the water. And the gray rain curtain turned all to silver glass and was rolled back, and he beheld white shores and beyond them, a far green country under a swift sunrise. This seems to be the only description of the entrance to Valinor, and one that we see later on when Galadriel is given the chance to go back. But back in Linden, to Elrond, Galadriel describes the feelings of growing up in Valinor, the only feeling of light. This little line sets her apart from all the other elves. She was born in Valinor under the light of the trees. Many of the elves in Middle-earth during the Second Age never knew the bliss and paradise that Valinor was. It had been some thousands of years since her people had left Valinor and returned to Middle-earth. There's another Easter egg in their conversation. Later on, Galadriel is requesting an audience with the king so that she can return to her hunt for Sauron. And Nauron says, quote, You have only just arrived. This mirrors what Frodo says to Gandalf in the Fellowship of the Ring movie, when Gandalf says that he must leave again so soon after the party. Gandalf, of course, is worried about Frodo's ring and wants to confirm if it is the one. Likewise, Galadriel is worried about Sauron's whereabouts and wants to continue the search. Next, let's look at the Southlands. In the First Age, Morgoth had great influence over the men from the East and South. 
and it seems that the elves are here to make sure that the corrupted men's descendants in the Second Age don't go back to their evil ways. There's a little exchange between the elf Arondir and the woman Bronwyn, when she passes him a file, and Arondir explains his surprise at seeing Alfarin seeds. Honestly, I had no idea what Alfarin seeds were, and there's only one reference to them that I can find. This is in the chapter called The Last Debate, in The Return of the King. Legolas is retelling how they followed Aragorn through Gondor, after the Paths of the Dead, and to the Battle of Minas Tirith. Legolas sings a little song about a region in Gondor called Lebanon. He sings in part, quote, The golden bells are shaken of Malos and Alfarin, in the green fields of Lebanon, in the wind from the sea. So it appears that Alfarin is a golden flower with bell-shaped petals that thrives in coastal areas and seaborne winds. As Orondir and his companion are returning to the watchtower, his companion says, quote, My point is this, only twice in known history has a pairing between elves and humans even been attempted, and on each occasion it ended in tragedy. It ended in death. So death is a great tragedy for the elves, particularly because they are blessed with immortal life, and even can be reincarnated from death if mandated by the Valar. But let's briefly sketch these two attempted pairings between elves and humans. The first was the man Baron and the elf maiden Luthien. This is a great tale of love, tragedy, and fate, in which Baron and Luthien attempt to reclaim one of the three Silmarils from Morgoth's crown. And spoiler alert, they do, but they die in the attempt. However, they are brought back to life for a time, before truly dying again. This story is foundational to the lore of Middle-earth, and was one of the first tales that Tolkien started to write. Well-known characters who came from that pairing are Elrond, Arwen, and, very distantly, Aragorn. If you're not familiar with Baron and Luthien's tale, Listen to episodes 20 through 24. The second attempt we talked about earlier, Elrond's parents, Eärendil and Elwing. Eärendil ended up wearing the Silmaril that Baron and Luthien had reclaimed, and sails in the night sky as a star, referenced by Galadriel when she gives Frodo the file filled with liquid light. To hear Eärendil and Elwing's story, listen to episodes 31 and 32. Let's finish this out with some thoughts on the stranger. This is a mystery that I have no idea about. There are several theories circulating out there, and I'm not subscribing to anyone just yet, but here's some details I think are important. First, the stranger came via meteor, and it appears the meteor originated in Valinor. At least, it's not until the gray rain curtain of Valinor is opened that we see the meteor. Second, there's some connection with the stranger to the Harfoots, particularly when they look into each other's eyes. We know that Gandalf was the only powerful being who really gave heed to hobbits, and Sauron totally ignored them until they possessed his ring. But third, we can't ignore that image of a lidless, flaming eye that surrounds the stranger and closes out the first episode. A foreshadow of Sauron's eye of the Third Age? Perhaps. But honestly, I'm baffled and want to know more about this stranger who has fallen into Middle-earth. So that's it. Some lore and Easter eggs from the first episode of Rings of Power. I'd like to know what questions you have or what Easter eggs I missed that you found. Send me a note on Instagram, Twitter, or email using the links in the show notes. And if you liked what you heard today, please leave a rating and review. That helps more wanderers to find this show and wander Middle-earth with us. If you feel so inclined, you can financially support this podcast by visiting my Red Circle page using the link in the show notes. Thank you so much. Join me again in a couple of days for some lore and hints from the second episode of Rings of Power. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost.
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.